A reading from the Gospel of Matthew. Another parable he put before them, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed, seed, and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. So when the plants came up and, and bore grain, then the weeds appeared also. And the servants of the household came to him and said, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then has it weeds? He said to them, An enemy has done this. The servant said to him, Then do you want us to go and gather them? But he said, No, lest in gathering the weeds you root up the wheat along with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at harvest time I will tell the reapers, Gather the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned, but gather the wheat into my barn. Another parable he put before them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a grain of a mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all seeds, but when it has grown, it is the greatest of shrubs and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like the leaven, which a woman took and hid in three measures of flour till it was all leavened. All this Jesus said to the crowds in, in parables. Indeed, he said nothing to them without a parable. This was to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet. I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter what has been hidden since the foundation of the world. Then he left the crowds and he went into the house. And his disciples came to him saying, explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. He answered, he who sows good seed is the son of man. The field is the world, and the good seed means the sons of the kingdom. The weeds are the sons of the evil one, and the enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is close, um, is the, cl the harvest is the close of the age, and the reapers are angels. Just as the weeds are gathered and burned with the fire, so will it be at the close of the age. The Son of Man will send his angels, and they, and they will gather out the kingdom, all they will gather out of his kingdom all causes of sin and all evildoers and throw them into the furnace of fire. There men will weep and gnash their teeth. Then the righteousness will shine like the sun and the kingdom of their father. He who has ears, let him hear. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field which a man has found and covered up and then in his joy goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls who, on finding one pearl of great value, went and sold all that he had and bought, and bought it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net which was thrown into the sea and gathered fish of every kind. When it was full, men drew it ashore and sat down and sorted good into vessels, but threw away the bad. So it will be at the close of the age. The angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous and throw them into the, f the furnace of fire. There men will weep and gnash their teeth. Have you understood all this? They said to him, yes. And he said to them, therefore, every scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven is like a householder who brings out his treasure, what is new and what is old. 
the word of the Lord. Well, okay, you might have noticed that part of this was the same text that we had last week. Um, I kind of felt like I needed to, uh, well, first of all, um, I just want to say that I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I apologize. I mean, I mean, it really wasn't me. Well, I'm not trying to shift the weight, the blame. Okay, let me just say that after my sermon last week, I talked to some of you, some of you who I highly respect their opinion. I mean, others not as much, but I still like to hear from you. Um, And what I heard was that some people, well, the way I ended my sermon last week, sort of on the, what would you say, burning in the fiery furnace thing, and then it made... Well, one person in particular, um, and she is, you know, very smart, and I respect her very much. She said that it left her feeling stupid. And um, I don't know, because last week, if you were here, um, you remember that I said, hey, we're in Matthew 13, which is the parable chapter, and that we'd be preaching from this parable chapter for like, like three weeks. This is the last week. And that Matthew 13, yes, it's known as this parable chapter because, well, not only does it contain eight parables and in-depth explanations of two parables at the disciples' request. Yeah, it's there. 13th, Matthew 13, parable chapter, eight parables, two in-depth explanations of parables by Jesus to his disciples. It also contains two different spots of explanations by Jesus to his disciples for the reasons that he speaks to them in parables. He quotes the Psalms to prove his point. He quotes Isaiah, and he clears everything right up. He makes it perfectly plain why he speaks in parables. He comes straight out and says he does it so nobody will understand what he's talking about. Well, that's not exactly 100% what it says. It's not that he doesn't want anybody to know what he's talking about. He only teaches in parables because he doesn't want certain people to know what he's talking about. I know that kind of makes it seem worse. You see, okay, and this is... Jesus, okay, it could be like this. He had a group of followers, right? And they were sort of a splinter group. It was a transitional time in Judaism, and there were like different factions, so... Jesus is speaking in language that these insiders can understand, you know, so we can know who is part of us, and they can understand this, and then, you know, like, who are the outsiders, who aren't us, but who are them, and those ones, well, they couldn't understand what these parables mean. Or or maybe it's just that Jesus was teaching at a time, like, when the Romans were occupying Palestine, or whatever you want to call the area around Jerusalem and outside countries nowadays. Um, And so Jesus taught in the language that only fellow Jews could understand. That way, the Romans could not.
Or maybe you could say that the Holy Spirit would make it possible for those who are called into God's new teaching so only they could recognize what Jesus meant by the parables. So if the Holy Spirit chose you, then the Holy Spirit would make it possible for you to understand what Jesus was saying in these parables, exactly what he meant by them. And so you, you were in. So for, anyway, one or more of those reasons, possibly, this is Jesus spoke in parables, so some people could not understand it. And then he, of course, famously ends his parables like, let anyone who has ears to hear listen. The implication being that if you had these ears to hear, that you were probably on the inside or they were given to you by the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit ears, I think they're called. Um, and you were, you were one. You were on the inside. You got it. You understood. So last week, I just thought, since we had this whole chapter full of parables, and which repeated, you know, over and over again, Jesus taught them, only teaching them in parables. Without parables, he taught them nothing. And there's this whole issue of who can understand these parables and who can't. I thought it might be a good idea last week for me to just tell a bunch of parables. Parables that are similar to the one I had to talk about, about the wheat and the weeds and the getting burned in the fiery furnace, that I would just tell these different parables that are similar to the one I was assigned to preach on. And, and then, you know, like Jesus, I would only teach in these parables, and then I would finish my sermon by saying, let those who have ears to hear, listen. You know, and I, I know I told you all these stories, and, you know, if you put them all together, I just assume then you would just understand you would get the point I was trying to make about the mercy of God, because just like Jesus. A um, couple problems, though, I think, when I look back. Not Jesus. Um, people didn't understand what the hell he was talking about either. So two, you know, problems in my approach. Um, and then, I mean, and then there's this, this bigger thing. Well, I don't know if it's bigger than me not being Jesus, but um, this other thing, let me say. In my mind, it went like this, because I know you. You know? You're all pretty smart. And uh, I just thought I would tell you the, all these parable kind of like stories about this one with the fiery furnace that were similar to that. And then, you know, like I know some of you would have been like one step ahead of me. You would already see where I was going with telling you all these parables. And... And, you know, other of you, like, as soon as I ended with let those who have ears to hear listen, I figured you would just be like, ah, some of you would be right there, you know. And then others, you know, I know you would just go home and say, what was that guy talking about? And you'd be, you know, sitting at your house or, uh, you know, riding on the bus or making a sandwich or something. And then you just go like, oh, just put it all together like that. Now I get what he was saying. But instead, I haven't heard any of those reactions. And nobody called me up and said, hey, I was just making a sandwich. And I get it. So I think that's on me. All right, I'm just going to come right out and say it. And I apologize because um, I really only heard from people, you know, at least this one person for sure who I very much respect. And she's smart too. I mean, you know, wicked smart. Um, that she did not get it at all. She felt stupid. She didn't understand 
she didn't have the ears to hear, and it made her feel stupid. And that is not really what I want to do at all, is make anybody feel stupid. I don't want any, I don't want to, definitely don't want to make anybody feel the way Jesus makes me feel. What do you think? I am. So, yeah, I know. Jesus is the parable. He tells it to him. He's like, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to someone who sowed seed in a field, but while everybody was asleep, an enemy came in and sowed weeds among the wheat, and then they went away. So when the plants grew up, you've heard it before, they came and they bore grain, but the weeds were wrapped all around them, and the slaves of the householders came to them and said, Master, didn't you sow good wheat? And he said, oh, yeah, I did, but an enemy came and put all the weeds in there. Don't pull them out. Wait till they grow up, and then we'll collect all the weeds and we will at harvest, and then we will throw, put them in bundles, and we will gather. We will throw them into the fire. So Jesus told the crowds all these things, and without a parable, he told them nothing. This was to fill what had been spoken by the prophets. Yada yada yada. They all leave, and um, the disciples come and say, "Explain this to me. Can you explain this to him?" And Jesus, I guess because they're on the inside or whatever, he explains this to them. And he says, simple, the one who sows the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world, and the good seed are the children of the kingdom. And the weeds are the children of the evil one. And the enemy who sowed them is the devil. And the harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are angels. And just as the weeds are collected and burned up with the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will collect out of his kingdom all that cause sin and are evildoers, and they will, he will throw them in the furnace of fire where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Let anyone who has ears listen. See, now I understand. I'll tell you what I understand. I understand how this woman felt at the end of my sermon last week. I feel kind of stupid. I mean, I don't get the explanation. Unless maybe I do get the explanation, which I feel even more stupid to be going along with this whole thing. I mean, this is not cool. This is not cool at all. Jesus. I got a couple questions, Jesus. Like, you can't seriously be saying that some people are good seeds and some people are bad seeds and some people are children of the kingdom and some people are children of the devil. And that God's going to sort it all out in the end and gather up these bad seeds and throw them into the fiery furnace where there's going to be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Okay, I know that's exactly what he just said, but I, I think he's got to be saying something else here. Otherwise, it's like, I think he must be joking. I think that this is a joke. I mean, I'm no scholar of parables, but I think usually there's a punchline. I don't know if that's for sure. Um, maybe this is like high satire. Or maybe it's like low satire. I think it's fair to say at this point we would all just take even middle brow satire. I mean, that's kind of the idea I was working with last week when I was putting this all together. When I I'll put all these stories together to read each other when I told those four stories, you know? I thought they would sort of explain it. Maybe I'd do Jesus one better, you know, and just kind of make it a little bit clearer. Do you remember I told the story about the Chinese brothers 
this powerful king was offended and he was going to do all this stuff to execute the brothers, but they each have a magical power. And the last one had this magical power they couldn't get burned. And so they took the brother and they threw him in the fiery furnace and he didn't burn up. Then I told you the parable of the Buddhist parable about his father. When the enemies came while he was gone and burned up the whole city and he thought his son was burned up in there, but really they just take him captive and he took these ashes and he thought they were his sons and he carried with him everywhere he went. So finally when the son came and knocked on his door and said, I wasn't burned up, I'm your son, come out. And the father could not let go of what he had and what he saw was the truth. So his son eventually just went away. And then um, I told you the story of Abram from the Quran, but it has a nearly identical story in the Midrash. Um, the comments of the ancient rabbis, you know, about how Abraham really, he, his father was an idol maker, and when everybody left town, he took and he smashed up all the idols, and had it done because of that, his father took him and gave him to Nimrod, this horrible, powerful king, and Nimrod said that he was going to uh, throw him in the fire for what he'd done, and so he throws him in the fire, and he doesn't burn up. He doesn't burn up, instead he looks in that fire, and he sees not just Abraham, but Abraham's talking to somebody else in there. And the fire roars, and Abraham, in the fire, hears the voice of Yahweh. And Yahweh says to Abraham, bring yourself out of this, your birthplace, out of your house, your homeland, to a land where I will show you. And then I told you the story, of course, from the third chapter of Daniel, King Nebuchadnezzar makes a big giant statue, giant statue, and tells everybody to bow down to it. Three Jewish lads would not bow down, um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And so Nebuchadnezzar is super mad. He says, if you don't bow down, I'm going to stoke that fire up seven times hotter than it's ever been, and I'm going to throw you in the fiery furnace and burn you up. They won't bow down, of course, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. King Nebuchadnezzar throws him in there. Then he looks closer. And he sees not three people in there, but four people in there. And he says, one has the appearance of a god, and none of them are burning up. So, I think that my idea was that the original hearers of this parable would know, as soon as they heard the setup, what Jesus' point was. Because here we got this powerful king or ruler and he gathers up someone he considers bad for doing something that he thinks is bad. He throws them in the fire. See, the people who were first hearing this, Jesus first telling them about gathering up the wheat and throwing it in the fire, I think they get this. You see, in all the stories I told before this last parable, it was never a righteous, powerful king of justice or god of justice that's throwing people in the fire. No, they were always the king or the emperor or whatever. They were always, they were always prideful or, you know, their judgments were always misplaced. They were offended. People wouldn't worship them for some reason. And the folks in the stories that I told before this who get thrown in the fire, Abraham and Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, the Chinese brother, the boy, none of these people are guilty of anything, anything. It's just these powerful kings or whatever scoop them up because they're slighted somehow and uh, throw these, you know, 
relatively innocent people into the fire. None of them were bad seeds. And so, of course, Jesus' original hearers would not have been, well, you know, they probably would not know the story about the five Chinese brothers. I know REM's old, but it's not, not that old. Um, and, but they probably wouldn't, you know, probably wouldn't know the Buddhist parable either, but they most certainly would know this Midrashic Quran story about Abraham and meeting God and hearing God in the flame, in the fire. And they certainly, just like breathing, would know the story from Daniel, Shadrach, Reshek, and Abednego. This is the big fiery furnace story. So when Jesus is telling this parable, his listeners know that he's riffing on at least the fiery furnace of Nebuchadnezzar and probably Abraham and Nimrod's fire. So they would have known, they would have got the high... They would have known that in none of these stories, none of these other stories, does anybody get burned. Nobody gets burned in the fire, ever. The fire doesn't burn anyone. And nobody is in the fire alone. God is always in there. They always meet God in the fire. So I apologize if I didn't make that clear last time. So if you take anything away from my stumbling, let it be this, that nobody gets burned by the fire ever. And nobody goes in the fire alone. You're not by yourself. Let those who have ears to hear listen.